and boom goes the dynamite. And welcome to episode 40 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcasting Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how are you, man? Jeff, I am so great. Uh, we just witnessed a two-hour-long car crash, apparently. Uh, <laughs> the adrenaline's going. Uh, uh, you could say it was total nonstop action, maybe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going there, huh? <laughs> Wait, what was that? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, funny. I just huh? thought I just thought it was a very high impact show. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah. Wow, this is the first regular dynamite we've done in almost a month. It's very normal. Everything was so normal. It was a normal show. It was just very a regular, regular, straight down the middle show. Um, Paul, did you watch Dark this week? This is the one week I did not. I had to cancel my stream match oh, and other shit. stuff going on, so I had to postpone. There were some good matches on it. I do plan on catching up, uh, but yeah, I couldn't uh, do that this week. Apparently, a major thing happened on that show. What did I miss? Uh, apparently, Ricky Starks had, threw in with Taz and Brian Cage uh, on this program. Oh, that would explain yes. some Yes, it would. Today. Yes, that. and we'll get to that. So, uh, yes, do we have some other stuff to get to first? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, oh, do we? oh, do we? This oh. show started off. Oh, this show Real. was absolutely <laughs> fucking fire. Well, let, 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 let's start off our, our first regular episode of Dynamite in several weeks, live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And we go right in introducing a TNT title match with uh, Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson and out comes our newest open challenge respondent. Mm. Holy shit. It's Eddie <laughs> Kingston. It's the mad King baby. Let's go. <laughs> ah, Oh, there was a lot of buzz about this and there was a lot of speculation. And as the day progressed, a lot of folks were pretty sure it was going to be Eddie, but man, it was still just as satisfying to see him come out there. Uh, a really great introduction to Eddie on AEW. And went into a no DQ match, which, oh shit, did they use every bit of this stipulation? Yes. Uh, first, well, we cannot uh, uh, go get to the match without talking about Eddie's absolutely spectacular promo that he uh, used to open the show. Oh, uh, yeah. To introduce himself, to introduce uh, himself to the AEW fans, to introduce the no DQ match, and to absolutely flame Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> As well, he should be. Actually, oh, actually, maybe when he no, said, "Old oh, man, if you look at me one more time, I'm going to gouge your eye out." I lost my shit. Damn. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then the 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 match just it, it was that was high octane. Yes. I mean, it. I think it could have used another two to three minutes, but man, they maximized the time they got. It was an absolute car crash. Uh, weapon spots, outside spots, and when those tacks came out. Oh, when the tacks came out. Oh my God! I couldn't believe that. And, uh, and I must do what I normally do on this podcast. The Cody Defender is logging on. And uh, oh. as the Cody Defender, I must say, once again, Cody doing exactly what I think he always set out to do with this TNT title run. And it's make these matches about his opponents. Uh, he rises to these occasions and has the match that, uh, that maximizes uh, uh, his opponent's potential and what they do best. He did it last week with Sonny. Definitely did it this week with Eddie. So I think he should be commended for that. Uh, no, actually, I'm going to agree with you. I think Cody uh, played his part very well in this match. And, and I thought, uh, yeah, I, I think actually, no, th th this really worked to, to Cody's strength as a, as a TV match. But mm -hmm. God damn, can we just talk about Eddie Kingston? Yeah, we can talk kicking, about Eddie Kingston. Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> kicking, uh, kicking so much ass on this show. Oh, yeah, a lot of just the violent chops, just laying stuff in real hard. Uh, big DDT right in the middle of the match that looked oh, yeah. great. Um, yeah, some really good stuff on the outside. And then, yeah, the tax slams. Uh, and Cody took the tax like a champ, man. Oh, my God, did he? And those were like the big tax. They put they zoomed in on them. They were the big tax. Oh, yeah, you know, those were the, 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 the proper Mick Foley thumbtacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, uh, no, there, there there was no getting around this one. So, uh, but yeah, that was a that was a great opener. I mean, just an absolutely. one more thing that I think that uh, should be pointed out. Another, I think, just a small thing that Cody did started the show already in the ring, didn't give himself an entrance, and got straight to the important part, which is Eddie Kingston's promo to open the show. And I think without wasting any time there and kind of not worrying about himself and more focusing on Eddie as the focus of this match. And it really worked. No, no, I actually, no, I agree. I think, no, Cody, Cody did well here and he knew what this was all about mm -hmm. at this point, Absolutely. which is, it was about, which, yeah, it was about, uh, it was about Eddie Kingston. And uh, hopefully so we're going to find out if there is a future for Eddie Kingston. I mean, if there was a future for Ricky Starks, yeah, I mean, if you, if you that see that and don't decide to put this man on television every Wednesday, what the hell are we even doing here, man? Like, mm -hmm. the, the, it's, it's all you really need to see. Social media is absolutely going insane. Uh, sign Eddie Kingston is trending right now. Uh, oh, sign, wow. the guy. sign the guy. He can talk on the stick. He can, yeah, I mean, he can deliver the best the heel promos that AEW has had in there today, just right out of the gate. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I totally agreed. So, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. I think, uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston, uh, definitely one of the, the top performers of the show, definitely going to be, uh, you know, when we get to the pros and cons, he's definitely going to be way up in the, in the pro section. Yeah, that one's a, that's a pretty easy decision. So uh, despite uh, all that great performance, Cody does get the win. As you know, as expected, but that's not really the point of this stuff, right? Cody keeps the belt and keeps getting to have those matches, and uh, we move forward and we and, sign Eddie. And now he he has uh, he has a new set of scars from those. That's uh, right from from the tax. I would love Cody to come out in Joker paint next week. You want to know how I got these tax scars? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh uh, boy. Joker fight Cody. That it's it's only a matter of time. Please give it to me. Oh, please. No. He's got that face. Like, you can do that big smile, and it can be very Joker-ish. Well, you know, I think you're, you know what, you're right. He does, but, you know, he's also a, you know, because he could also be a, you know, sniveling sociopath, too. Well, um, so. and, and, well, I mean, the uh, the Stardust character is the Riddler. Like, he just, he's even said it himself. Like, he just channeled Jim Carrey's Riddler for that character. So he's definitely familiar. Uh, and I, a villain on Arrow. He's got the, he's got the pedigree. You know, not having not having watched uh, any WWE programming since uh, 2002, uh, uh, I'll have to take your word for it. Also, uh, Stardust kicked ass. I don't want to get too into it, but Stardust ruled. I actually really like Stardust. The only time I ever really saw Stardust was the picture he posted when he did the uh, you know the 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 David Bowie Aladdin Sane uh, <laughs> face paint. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, his paint stuff was cool, and literally, it was him doing Jim Carrey Riddler, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, after that, we get a, a rundown of what's to come on this show. And then we get a pre-tape promo with John Moxley. And, uh, yeah, actually, this is a pretty good promo. Yeah, 100% success rate on John Moxley's little backstage promo vignettes. Uh, I wrote in my notes, Mox's intensity is damn near unmatched and it never turns off. Yeah, no, that, that was a good, that was a really good promo. I, I will say that. And thankfully, that wasn't the only Mox we got today. So, mm -hmm. um, we go into our second match of the evening. It yes, was we uh, Mr. Maxwell Jacob Freeman um, cutting a promo on his opponent where he he, he, he he misnames him as Jungle Boy, but no, it is uh, your boy. It is Gr my beautiful son, Griff Gr Garrison, Griff my Garrison. child. I raised him from a, from a small boy, and I'm glad to see him doing so well. The Ivy League MVP himself and the future of professional wrestling griff garrison and he was giving it right back to mjf damn right he was that's how i taught him i raised him right and uh yeah wow that was uh that was something <laughs> short yeah a short match but a lot of intensity griff took a real solid ass whooping gave enough just enough back to show that he's got something um and was and toughed it out and uh i think it was a good in introduction for him i think he's a big prospect my thoughts are that aew is very high on him he's uh, a big dude Got a lot of tools. He's young, and I think we're going to see a lot more of him uh, in the coming years. Um, I will say that that slingshot pile driver. Yeah, the that kid can MJF go. did no, the, the one that MJF did. I thought it's, that was hey, two something. man dance. Two man dance. Got to be able to. <laughs> well, yeah, you do. But uh, no, MJF's, was... MJF's in ring stuff has gotten better for sure. 
it, it actually have, and actually, I did not mind this this uh, promo, even though you know he was hanging on the undefeated streak, which is irritating. But but yes, but in this time. Okay, but you don't want to be too irritating to where you don't want to, you know, watch the show, you know? I mean, I don't think a lot of people are turning it off because MJF annoys them. I think they want to see him get his ass kicked. Yet. (laughs) Well, yeah, the whole point is you want to see the guy get his ass kicked by the the nicer guy. And Griff's the nice boy. So, uh, you know what? I hope they revisit this at some point when Griff moves up the card. Yeah, and and for that matter, yeah, again that uh, that that slingshot pile driver thing that MJF did to end the match that was uh, that was yeah. What good. did they call? They they called it something too. There was a name for it, and I uh, just I do remember I Excalibur it. saying the name for it, and uh, I couldn't get it. So uh, shout out listeners, if you remember that name, you can uh, tweet at me at ThickFlareTTV and tell me how stupid <laughs> I am and how bad my memory is. Well, actually, I, I missed it too. So we're, I guess we're we're both well, kind of we're both kind of dum dums. Yeah. Just uh, uh, please, please get on Twitter and be mean to us and uh, do targeted harassment. Actually, please don't be mean to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, please don't do that. Be nice. Please, please don't times. target harass us. Uh, we we then go to a backstage vignette with uh, Tony Schiavone and Rebel or Reba and Rebel. and Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. Um, Basically, long story short, she still says there's there's a conspiracy against her, and she will be at All Out. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm glad her knee's healing. That's nice uh, for her. Also, uh, she should probably lay out the conspiracy stuff before she gets lumped in with QAnon and gets banned off of Twitter. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thankfully, it's not those kind of conspiracies, but, you know. I can't wait until Britt just comes out her next promo, like, me and Rebel are going to be there. Where we go one, we go off. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Britt, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, buddy. So, on that note, we... um. We get another promo with uh, Taz and Brian Cage. Yes. Uh, where we get a recap showing the Ricky Starks uh, incident on uh, on Dark. And uh, Taz explains himself, says why he's not going to, why he didn't allow Brian Cage to get his uh, bicep torn a second time, you know, re- referencing when Taz had his torn. Yep, and very classic like uh, wrestling promo stuff, like making sure to, to put over the other guy. Yeah, I which he did. Which he did. Your, your arm bar was awesome, Mox. You you put it on him. You really had him there. Uh, and I thought that was very cool. You know, very classic stuff. Another thing, I really like how they frame Taz in these promos, like the camera work. It's always kind of that like uh, that angle. Like it's like a it's a little bit closer than they do with other uh, with other wrestlers kind of a little bit off to the side. They have him in like that right third all the time. Yeah. I think it's really good framing and it kind of just makes it more intense looking. You know, um, it, it's funny because once again, I'm, I'm going down the, the old ECW hole because I actually happened to see uh, t- the, the debut of Sabu, which was oh. uh, from still in the Eastern championship wrestling uh, before okay. they were uh, extreme championship wrestling. Of course, his debut was against the Tasmaniac. <laughs> the Tasmaniac. Oh, That's yeah. like John Cena and Batista as like the prototype versus Leviathan. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember that era too. Straight up OVW shit. Hell yeah, that was that was fun times. Actually, I, uh, I remember, remember we all didn't just despise Jim Cornette with every fiber of our beings. Oh yeah, <sighs> uh, good times, good times. Simpler days, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Darby Allen appears. Yeah, he does. To uh to to make some noise. And then uh oh yeah, here comes Ricky Starks to, great to gang up on him. Great shoes, great pants. Uh he looks good. But yeah, uh some despicable stuff. One thing I have to say about Ricky Starks is very important. Every time I look at him, I think of the song Are You Jimmy Ray by Jimmy Ray. Uh, uh, classic, not, fam- not familiar with classic that. Classic 90s one hit wonder stuff, but like I always feel like he should walk out to that song. Uh, he's the Jimmy Ray of wrestling. If you're listening and you know about Are You Jimmy Ray by Jimmy Ray, you're a real one. Yeah, I guess I'm not a real one because I have no idea about that song. <laughs> it's just this bad 90s song that was like a one-hit wonder. It just really, I don't know, it's just Ricky Starks' energy in a song. Well, uh, Darby Allen gets the rescue from John Moxley. 
Yes, he does. This is a whole kerfuffle. This was just a thing, like a real dust-up. Yeah, including with a, uh, a barbed wire bat. So between the thumbtacks, barbed wire bat, suddenly, you know, it occurs to me that AEW spent all this time trying to cosplay WCW. I'm thinking maybe they should be cosplaying ECW at this point. Well, I hope, well, of course, the natural hope is that they don't cosplay anybody and they take these elements from, from the past and find ways to reappropriate them for modern times, which I think in a lot of cases they do well. And I think the next match uh, is a pretty decent example of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but before that, before we get to that next match, uh, there is a tease for later this summer. Yeah, a, a women's tag team cup. Very interesting. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of stuff you can do here. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, that 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 is going to be interesting. My my greatest hope is that they make Nyla and Sonny a team and just let everybody lose their fucking minds. <laughs> That's what I really want. Um, my, uh, my query here is, um, where are they going to get 16 women? Because I thought that they were having issues with, uh, you know, with a lot of the talents being stuck in Japan. I think they have close to 16 active women on the roster right now, at least. And you can really? sign some more, but okay. I mean, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but let's, let's, let's just try to rattle off a few names, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, let, yeah, we don't need to rattle off. I mean, there's, there's obviously going to be some... Some, some, uh... This is where you're going to see people like Anna Jay, Kedzy Page, uh, uh, Rache Chanel, um, obviously Swole. Uh, you're going to see some of the, the, the yeah, more of that talent they've been using on Dark. I'm guessing we'll probably see a few other names pop in that we haven't seen yet. Um, hopefully, we'll get something really cool. Like maybe they'll get Solo, or they'll get uh, you know some other top women from the Indies. Well, that'd be something. I, I, I think a Solo Darling would be a really good person for this. She's got a good pedigree in tag team wrestling. Uh, and I think they could do a lot of good stuff there. And currently doesn't have anything to do because, you know, because Mike Quackenbush is, huh? you know, a major fuck yeah, face, apparently. Ain't, ain't, yeah, I ain't worried about any of that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, yeah I think that, that, that's I true. Think it's good that, 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 that is true. Talent and, and highlight some of the ones you've seen less and then give a big push to, uh, to a couple of top stars. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, tag team, you know, putting some of the, you know, the ones that aren't really making it into a tag team, that could be something. You know, give them Definitely. something to do, you know. And all these, way to, these tournament-type things are great ways to build storylines. You saw NXT do this with their first Dusty Rhodes Classic uh, when they put uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor on a team. Right, uh, I remember. And that, that. Start, that spark off, like, a huge, long rivalry that was one of, one of NXT's most successful angles. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do. So, uh, when we come back, we have an interview with uh, the Inner Circle and Alex Marvez, and uh, Jericho's still in that jacket. Very funny. Very cool and very <laughs> funny. And Jericho having a lot of fun in this promo. Uh, the Luchasaurus isn't even a dinosaur line. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah, you know, the, the, something about you know, doubting the, the the authenticity of the birth certificate. I get, I, yeah, I'm getting a little cringy there. Well, again, I, I talked about this last week. I think that Chris Jericho does intentionally channel Trump energy at some points. And most of the time he's successful at it because I think he has a good understanding of what makes Trump funny. But not everything's going to land, you know? Yeah, I, I don't you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk about the, 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 the humorous portion of, you know, the, the, this fascist monster that we have. Oh, yeah, he's a fascist. But here's everything. the thing. If he, if he wasn't the president and had no political power, we'd all be laughing a lot at him. Like, if he was just, like, the news bitch, we would be having a lot of fun at him. Well, we, I, I think we did. And then the problem is, is yeah. that everybody started taking him seriously. But anyway, yeah, that's true. as we move <laughs> on, our third match, uh, we have... The Young Bucks versus The Butcher and The Blade. Uh, false count anywhere. And um, you're telling me that this is this whole show was not ECW cosplay. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot. I think, you know, uh, if this isn't just ECW, I think a lot of promotions have done the, the false count. And, you know, also reminds me of stuff like the Boiler Room Brawl, which is like my earliest memory of like matches that start outside the ring and kind of carry all over the place. And they had a lot of fun with this one, too. Uh, really leaning into the butcher angle with literally uh, uh, Big E's favorite thing, big meaty men slapping meat. And by there that, I go. mean someone actually got slapped with a piece of meat. Several pieces of meat. At Several that. pieces of meat. 
that was very very fun. Yeah, this match started back in the uh, in the kitchen, which some sort of health code violation. First of all, let's not uh, <laughs> can't be sanitary, you know. And, and at times like these, in these difficult times, I do have some concerns. But it's okay because he's a butcher, so I'm sure he took all the necessary precautions. Gosh, but yeah, this was uh, another you know fun you know mayhem plunder match. Oh yeah, this one was all over the place. Uh, a lot of big tag, like double spots. Uh, a lot of table stuff. Uh, just a car crash. Another like in a series of car crashes uh, in this uh, show tonight. So yeah, the, the, there was quite a bit of that. Of course, the young bucks getting the wins after both of them getting pin- both butcher and blade getting pinned after jumping from the <laughs> yeah, from, from a the, great height. Off the fucking everything. Yeah, they jumped like. Off the the tops of like the entrance tunnels, was that where they were? Yeah. So like they hopped off the entrance tunnels yeah. on Butcher and Blade that were on tables. Uh, you get to one, two, three. Hell of a match. Lots of fun. So yeah, this was. Uh, but yeah, th- and again, one of the I- biggest things of the night, I think we would be remiss to talk about, is uh, Blade doing that uh, tope uh, 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 senton and missing the table to the outside. Yes. Just absolutely eating shit right on the ground. And then Butcher making up for it by slamming uh, uh, Nick into the table right after. There you go. But, uh, yeah. A lot looked comfortable for Blade, though. Hopefully, Pepper Parks is okay because that looked really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It, it really kind of did. But, uh, you know, I, again, I'm not the biggest Young Bucks fan, but that was uh, that was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, this is what they do, right? Like, this is this is their thing. They go out and they have just big spot entertaining matches. And with the addition of Butcher and Blade, who continue to improve on TV every week, and Andy Williams just really becoming the beast that uh, that I think he can be, Andy really shined in this match to me. He looked great. Speaking of beasts, when we come back, we have Alex Marvez bumping into Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts, which leads directly into Lance Archer just beating the shit out of some jabronis in the locker room. Oh, yeah, those jabronis got... I think one of them was Stephen Wolf, right? I thought uh, I saw some Midwest guys over there. Uh, maybe. I, I I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I thought I saw some, some Midwest... But there was one dude got thrown through the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Thrown <laughs> through the ceiling. I just need to be clear about that. Oh. A man was put through the ceiling. And, and Apparently, then, Lance Archer was listening to Lil Wayne's classic mixtape, No Ceilings. And, yeah, this still may not be the craziest spot of the night. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's saying something about this show. Yeah, this show had had a lot of crazy going on in this one. Oh, yeah. There was, there was some things happening. So, yeah, Archer beats the shit out of everybody, puts a guy in the trash, and he's like, hey, anyone else want to fight? Or what's up? Hey, what's up? Jake in the back are like, yeah, uh, I like what they're doing here, like with Jake's kind of growing discomfort with Archer. Like he's trying to justify it, but it's even getting a little too much for him. Like at the, at the first part where he started attacking everybody, Jake was like, oh, Lance, no, no, no. And then he's like, well, I guess uh, I guess he's doing this, so let's justify it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. You may as well just let him ride with it, right? Yes. Our fourth match of the evening, uh, Diamante against the... In-ring debut of Ivalice and... Uh... I know, I know uh, uh, your thoughts on Ivalice, and yes, she is one of wrestling's less-than-good opinion havers. Uh, that's not an uncommon thing, first of all. As wrestling fans, we know that many of the uh, the personalities that we see on our television screens or we see at shows uh, are not the best of opinion havers. <laughs> um, so uh, the best thing you can do is, like, don't follow them on social media. Don't listen to what they have to say. And when the bell rings on the TV, go, oh, fun. And then just kind of move on. And it's, uh, uh, I don't think much different with Ivelisse. The thing about Ivelisse is she can wrestle. She can. And this was actually a pretty decent match. I, 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 I thought it was I, very good. I, I thought there was a lot of raw intensity in it. Like, it was just, uh, it was intense. They both, I mean, these girls beat the shit out of each other. Let's be real. They, they did, but, you know, again, Ivelisse is, yeah, you have to watch it through the filter of, yeah, yeah, she has some uh, really shitty opinions about Yeah, but so does, bullshit. like, 60% of the wrestlers we all watch. Well, this much is true, too, but, you know, so it's, it's just... Like, you know, I, I don't want to get to, you know, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to say the, I'm not going to say the buzzword phrase uh, about this, but, like, you know, we can't just totally dismiss every single wrestler that just... Uh, we we just had like it's stupid and says stupid things. They're all like a lot of them are going to. This is an entertainment product. This is a character on television. 
And uh, cheering or booing for a character on television is a much different thing than celebrating the opinions of an actual human being. Uh, you know what? You're right, but I, I'm also of the opinion of uh, I, I see no problem with, with calling out calling out shitty opinions. As, oh, that's as, absolutely true. And I, I think that's why I think that's what we're doing here is um, none of us. We're not shying away from the fact that I like I wouldn't like hang out with Eva Lisa or co-sign any of her bullshit. But I will say she's a very talented wrestler. Yeah. And it, which this was a very decent match that uh, halfway through we got a split screen, um, a message from Big Swole sitting on her couch. And boy, did this kind of remind me of the old Saturday morning wrestling show yeah i like that you know at first i was like ah, why are they doing this and then swole spit some hot fire for about 45 seconds and it was perfect yeah you know again it it, it kind of reminded me of the old uh saturday morning wrestling shows because yeah definitely you know, those we... in studio like you get the guys backstage and they're just screaming into the camera for a few minutes for a minute during yeah. the other match and uh when she called uh baker uh little britney that was very funny <laughs> that, that that was that was pretty funny but uh in the end, Diamante gets the shock win. Yeah, the roll-up. Good stuff. Real good stuff. I mean, they, 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 they were trying to tease that earlier with uh, with Griff Garrison and, and MJF. It didn't quite work. but Oh, uh, I wanted it so bad, though. I wanted it. When he got that roll, I was like, do it, do it, do it. Yep. No, Diamante gets the win, and this one's not over. We're going to see more out of those two. And also... Uh, this could be seeding the, planting seeds for them to be a tag team in this tournament. Sometimes, you know, these singles matches where they beat each other and have, like, a good, respectful match starts partnerships. Yeah, sometimes. So something to look out for. And I think Elise and Diamante would make a very fun tag team. Uh, we come back, and we get our fifth match of the evening. Uh, Adam Page against uh, Dark Order number 5, Alan Angels. They actually said his name instead of just number five. So yeah, Alan Five Angels, and then uh, uh, Jr. Alan Five Angels. Yeah. <laughs> to, to Excalibur's reply, no, it's just it's just one Angels, but he's number five. <laughs> just really getting into some Steiner math. Uh, yeah. <laughs> commentary. The numbers don't lie. And that spells disaster for this match. No, actually, this was a. Uh, this is actually a pretty decent match, too. Uh, I'm surprised by the amount of offense that Alan Angels actually got in. I think they're very high on Alan Angels, and I know he's kind of a, a, an indie favorite, a guy I wasn't super familiar with, but uh, wrestling fans who uh, I know that know him have nothing but good things to say. Um, Wasn't Alan Angels the one, like, you know, back during peak lockdown uh AEW that had the match it, it that took place in the in in the QT Marshall dojo that uh he had like some insane amount of offense on Kenny Omega. Yes, I think that was it, that match, was yeah. that him. Okay. I do believe so. So maybe that yeah, I'll have to look. I mean, yeah, no, this, I'm this not going to go I'm not going to go back and look, but you know. Yeah. This dude can go. It's great to see Paige in a singles match. Uh yeah, another another big action. He got some big clotheslines. Uh, Page finishing without the buckshot lariat, you know, keeping that one in the back pocket. Something AEW does well. Uh, not every match finishes with someone's finisher. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It doesn't, yeah, not, not everything has to be, you know, you, you do the move and that's that. Yeah, and that makes, and that makes, that leads to the excitement of, of, you know, near falls and stuff in wrestling. You know, when you get these like little roll up two counts, it makes you really think that it could happen. Or, or when someone, you know, pins someone off a DDT or off of a high spot of some sort, it kind of gives you that believability that it's not just going to be a two count. Yeah, actually, I just looked and yes, it was, in fact, Alan Angels back in episode back in episode 29 of AEW Dynamite. And yeah, they know, like this and, guy. and boom goes a dynamite. So, yeah, I mean, it took, you know. 11 regular episodes and, you know, three specials to <laughs> get him get him back on TV. But, uh... well, yeah, I think they like him. And, you know, with Dark Order being a, a pretty deep tag team, they got a lot of guys, you know. Uh, it's good that they kind of rotate those guys around. And I think we're going to see a lot more pressed advance once his arms finish healing up. I think that's another guy they really like. Oh, yeah, you know, I actually kind of forgot ten. about... I, yeah, I kind of forgot about Preston Vance, I actually. love how they dressed him up in Brody Lee's jacket while he's, like, on the sidelines. I think it's a cool look. I, I did notice that. Yeah, he's been doing that, and they, it started because he had his arm in a sling, so they just kind of slung it, they put it over him, and just had him kind of walk, and now he's just kind of keeping it, and I think it looks great. And uh, Brody Lee, keep wearing those suits. That red three-piece tonight? 
beautiful. Yeah, that was uh, that was, that was, that was look, some... look at, and those black gators. You see them gators he had on? Mm. Oh boy, yeah. Mm. He was balling. He's looking fly. Uh, on that note, it, it, Brody Lee in the, the 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 fly gators and the the the, the swank three piece uh, offers a, a spot to uh, not only a spot but friendship to Adam Page. So this is cool. Uh, have you been watching Being the Elite, or have you been following or keeping up at all? I have never watched a single episode of Being the okay, Elite. Okay, so so I I don't watch it frequently, but sometimes I pop in, and I was watching an episode from maybe a month ago, maybe longer, and they did a segment where. Uh, Brody and Paige like walked by each other in a hallway and Paige stopped and was like, Hey Brody, good to see you. Hey man. Uh, so, Hey, back in December, uh, I, I went to that website you guys had the, the join dark order thing. And I put the application in, but no one ever got back to me. Uh, so Hey, crazy, huh? But Hey, at least we're all in a better spot now. Cool. <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> and, and then it led to, and it led to Brody running into the back room and just admonishing evil Uno and screaming at everybody and throwing papers at everyone's face. <laughs> and it was a very fun segment. So oh, was, wow. they, kind of, they sort of revisited this and I kind of like how they tie those things together. Like, so if, if you are like a real hardcore fan, who's like watching all this and consuming all this content, it all kind of clicks together, but it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't, you, you don't need it, uh, to, to enjoy the segment, but if it's all there, it's kind of full circle. Um, yeah. So that, so, uh, Adam Page declares that, yeah, he doesn't know if he's really ready to join a cult right now, <laughs> which I thought that was, uh, he just yeah. put it all out <laughs> there, even though, even they they say he gets offended, even though Colt Cabana is out here wearing a whole ass T shirt that says Colt Cabana. It's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. It is a good shirt. It's all right. <laughs> it's fun. And uh, speaking of Colt, this was uh, the the use of Colt in this segment. I thought was really, really good. Uh, when Brody said, "All right, well, I guess you've just sealed your fate." He walks off. He grabs Evil Uno, gives him some orders, and then he grabs Colt, turns around, and says, "Come on, Colt, let's go to the back, man. Just yeah, you don't need to see this, buddy. Come on, just yeah. uh, you know, just, you know, go, doesn't want have a brewski, yeah." And it's just just good storytelling that they're like he really wants to to indoctrinate Colt to really have him, and he's bringing him along slowly, and he's not gonna. And then when he turned around, he's like, "Yeah, you don't need to see this, buddy." And Colt's like, oh, "Okay, okay." Colt's doing a great job in this thing, um, and I'm really excited to see the storyline progress. So of course this leads to a uh, six versus one beatdown of uh, of Adam Page, and then, uh, <coughs> but not for long. Not for long because okay, let me see if I can remember their names now. Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood to the rescue. You did it, you did it. <laughs> FTR did it. baby. Uh, they bring a whole cooler of beer and you know smash it over somebody's head, and ice and beer go over go all over the place, and once again that. Uh, that ring canvas is just getting abused like no other. <laughs> I can just only imagine getting slammed into the mat face first and it just smells like stale beer. <laughs> and then uh, Kenny Omega shows up late, as usual. And with, with, with like the ultimate dad shorts. <laughs> and that Street Fighter shirt. Just, yeah, he's in full dad gear. Full dad regalia. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Pretty good. So, yeah, we get the clear out of all that and the uh, continued Page Omega tension, which, in my opinion, is uh, set to boil over quite soon. Look out for a shocking upset of Dark Order getting the tag belts next week. Oh, I don't know about that, but... I just... I could be wrong, but I have this weird sneaking suspicion that they'll have... Because Dark Order with those belts, is there's a lot you can do with it, and I think... Uh, this this thing needs to blow up before all out. I don't think we should run this for a couple more months. I think we need to blow it up, and then if they're going to face each other at, at all out, you got to start building that pretty soon. Yeah. Well, at the same time, you know, the, it, just imagine how widely this this might be the widest application of the Freebird rule. Oh yeah. Ever. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, that was so man. awesome. If Dark Order just Freebirded it. There was just like completely different guys every time. I love that. Yeah, that yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it, it, do there. The possibilities are fucking endless. And also, just like Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, the tag belts would be kick ass. Those guys are good, man. They can go. Stu yeah. Grayson, probably one of the more or most underrated guys on that entire roster right now. Yeah, yeah. I think we we've, we've said that before on this very on this very program. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's I don't think that's uh, like the hottest of takes. I think a lot of people are starting to really see it. But man, that guy can go. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, they did announce some, uh, some matches for next week, um, including 
Kenny Omega and Adam Page defending the tag belts against uh, the 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 OG Dark Order. One and two. The 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 the, the, the Super Smash Bros themselves, uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, they also announced uh, Darby Allen and, and John Moxley against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. That's gonna that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be real fun. Yeah, I agree. That's gonna be real fun. Also, Hikaru Shida against uh, Diamante. Yes, which good. Now Show I don't. Diamante. She had a great match, so yeah. let's, uh, let, let's let's give her some. Let's give her a bump. Yeah. Now, is that going to be a title match? I don't think they no, really. I, I do believe it's a non-title match. So I would expect either an uncertain finish or a surprising Diamante win. Hmm. One or the other. Okay. Okay. Uh where they mentioned some other match, but I don't remember what it is off the top of my head because... Well, tune in next week, folks, and find out. <laughs> there you go. Hey, tune in to AEW Dynamite that's hosted by a 1970s radio guy. Yeah, actually, I was going to say, you, 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 your radio voice was <laughs> it was unformed. I am classically broadcast trained. <laughs> yeah same here i i had some training. by that i mean uh, i mean 10 months at a trade school in detroit <laughs> well hey you know w- w- whatever works hey look at the boom goes the dynamite here pwom podcast network <laughs> God, we are professionals more saying this we are professional podcasters if we make it if we make a uh, homophobic jokes we could be the pwom boom goes the dynamite morning zoo hey Oh, hey! Oh, where's the sound drops? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know, it's amazing how much radio actually... Well, next, we prank call Tony Khan! <laughs> you know, unfortunately, he's the uh, he's the owner of a wrestling company that I don't have the card for, so I, I, we can't prank call him, so... <laughs> I would love to like do one of those like super frank fake prank calls like the like the really obviously staged ones like pick up hello is this wrestling promotion yes this is wrestling promotion <laughs> no uh, I actually have uh, I, I if I wanted to pay the if I wanted to, to to do the time zone math and and pay the international charges I could prank call Takaaki Kadani of uh, of uh, Bushiroad and New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> I do have his number. <laughs> just the extra charges, though, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just it it's a, it doesn't make it worth it, really. Uh, yeah, we just uh, somebody, please, 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 get us Vince's number. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> what the fuck? No, my refrigerator's not running. God damn it! What the fuck? No, I don't have Prince Albert in a can. I fired him. <laughs> What's Matt Bloom doing now? Fuck. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have Lord Tensai in a can? <laughs> oh, shit. He's not fired, is he? No, I think he's still like one of the head traders at NXT. It was just yeah, funnier I was for say, them. Yeah. <laughs> it just was better. I would hate if Matt Bloom got this fired. This is a wrestling podcast. Suspend your disbelief. <laughs> and with that, don't go away. We'll be right back. <laughs> Our main event of the evening is uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Who, you know what? I'm just going to say I'm not sure if Chris was right, because that looks like a real dinosaur to me. Uh, you Call know? Me, I'm, not a, I'm not a paleontologist. I am not uh, Dr. Grant over here, but uh, it looks like a dinosaur to me. I don't know. Uh, that's, that, I mean, that, that, that's truly a saurian in that... Uh, in that ring there, and oh boy. <laughs> Fun match, though. Uh, also, we didn't mention this, but Chris Jericho's still wearing the orange juice stained jacket. <laughs> yes, he is going to ride this. He's wearing the jacket. I mean, hey, it was $7,000. you got to maximize your value. Although I will say this, Chris, you got to find yourself a better dry cleaner, bud. Seriously. you got to do it. you got to do it, man. You're a champion. You're a star. you just got to take care of your stuff. Yeah, you Mark- know, someone can those things out. Martin, you gonna say Martinize it? Yeah, you say you gotta Martinize that shit. <laughs> you gotta Martinize it, man. Oh, just wait till the next Chris Jericho podcast, and I really want to hear that story. But before we get to that, let's talk about Martinizing, folks. That's right, the only place I can dry clean your orange juice stained jacket in one hour. <laughs> oh Jesus! Which I have to, I have to make sure I mention this because I think it's important. Chris Jericho's most recent podcast, uh, his guest was Sunny Kiss, mm-hmm. and. 
it's a great listen, and I recommend any wrestling fan listen to it. I thought it was a wonderful conversation, and something that I do have to commend Chris Jericho for uh, between this episode and the Nyla Rose podcast he did. Um, he is, uh, or he has welcomed an open and honest dialogue about gender and uh, about the about pronouns and about the terms that go around it and about identity. Um, and he speaks uh, to his guests in just a very honest and accessible way. And I think that kind of stuff uh, opens up dialogue to wrestling fans in a way that, like, presenting this kind of stuff, like, academically does not, you know? And uh, I think that's really important uh, for progress in this medium. So good on Chris Jericho for that. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give credit. I, I don't actually listen to Chris Jericho's podcast. I'm because I, Well, you know, again, we, we, we as, as we've determined, Chris Jericho, the, the, the character is, you know, massive and he's you know he has a very good wrestling mind he's a genius with that uh chris irvine yeah i don't know man (laughs) contrast man he's a complicated guy because like sometimes he'll come up with some like like when he talked to nyla when he talked to sonny i think one of the things that really stood out to me was uh he he brought it up and you know said you're gender fluid what does that mean can you can you can you help me um and you know sonny started getting into it and was like get it and and chris you're going straight up just said teach me please i really want i want to learn and I thought that was very cool. Like he's on his podcast. He knows what his fan base and what his audience is. And he doesn't care because he's a, a guy who genuinely wants to learn about this stuff out of respect for his peers. Um, and I think that's good. That's just objectively good. Right. Well, I mean, you think, but you know, at the same time, you know, there, you know, pe- people's lives aren't there to be a teaching moment. Either, no, no. But so if, if, if Sonny or if Nyla are willing to go on this podcast and have this conversation, obviously, you know, they're willing to have that conversation. Right. right. And Sonny definitely was willing and so was Nyla. And through the conversations that they had, um, not only did Chris learn, but I think Chris's listeners are going to learn stuff that they would not have otherwise. So for that reason, that's good. Also, I learned a lot about Sonny just as a person, and I thought that was very cool. Chris is a good interviewer. I do have to give him that. He's good at interviewing people. With that, let's get back to the match. Uh, this was another fun, you know, mayhem-type match. I mean, that's a, a lot A lot yeah. of the matches tonight. There was there was no science going on in this match no. tonight. The source was from the freaking ear. Yeah, uh, that was... Yeah, your blood. Yeah, for, for most of the match. Yeah, so that's, that's high-impact stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. So it was uh, a, lot of, a lot of really good stuff. Uh the Jungle Boy, uh, uh, like, flat slamming uh, Jericho onto the mat from the top rope was very good. Um, he had a couple of really good spots in there. Uh, something that uh, uh, someone texted me that I never really noticed before, but uh, a lady I am talking to uh, that was watching the show uh, sent me, uh, what was the Jungle Boy thing? Just realized that I love Jungle Boy's long sideburns because it's just looks like his father did in 90210. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really think Luke Perry sideburns connection. Yeah, it, it did occur to me a while ago about that, but uh, you know, I just I'm didn't. Just a baby millennial, what can I do? I mean, it, it, I mean, the, the look fits. I mean, it fits the, yeah, with yeah, the long absolutely. hair I mean, too. He's, so he's got a great look, um, and he's. I mean, he's just. I think he's one of their future like big top stars. I think everybody kind of realizes that too. Like he's just biding his time for his big moment. Yeah. It, it, well, hopefully, he gets it soon. Yeah, and but also I'm 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 willing to be patient. He's a young guy with a ton of great wrestling ahead of him, and Jurassic Express is fun. It works, so let's ride it out. Yeah, totally and cool it, with me. There's plenty of time to give Jungle Boy a big spot. Yeah, and again, you know, we're hope you know eventually, you know, not to keep harping on the e, the the ECW comparisons, but eventually, Marco's going to get his you know his his little Spike Dudley moment. You know, oh, the the 100%. giant killer. You know. Absolutely. And he's already gotten a couple moments to shine and it's always delivered from from his all in battle royale to now. Every time they give him a, a spot on camera, he delivers every single time. Uh, the kid's good. It's true. No, no, no. Also, I, uh, my interactions with him. Super cool, dude. Yeah. And, you know, again, between, you know, the the the, the people hand wringing about him getting ragdolled and, you know, the the assholes like Cornette. It's like, God damn, how much? Does Marco Stunt have to get, you know, how much does he have to put up with? Well, the, the answer is endless amounts, especially from people like Cornette. But the good thing about Jim Cornette is that nothing he says matters. He's an irrelevant loser. And uh, nobody with any actual pull in wrestling gives any shits about anything he has to say. 
Well, we hope so, anyway. <laughs> I mean, it seems like he's just like an old man, just screaming, trying to cling on to his last bits of relevance because he knows wrestling has left him behind. Well, no, it, 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 he hasn't exactly been shy on that point. But, but that's fine. Good riddance, bitch. So, um, you know what? I completely forgot to write down the ending. Um, yeah. I got you. I got you. I'll, I'll do the whole thing. There was a whole thing happening. So um, Jungle Boy took out uh, Santana and Ortiz, and then Luchasaurus was setting up against the ropes for his finisher when Serpentico? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Serpentico. Hit them with a baseball bat. And I'm like, Serpentico, no. Why would you do such a thing? And you know what? I did think it was a little sus that Serpentico was wearing a face mask over his Lucha mask. Right. Uh, I was like, hmm, I think it's kind of fun, but a little bit interesting. So he does that, and I'm thinking Serpentico. Why? Is Serpentico in the Dark Order? That's kind of, or in the Inner Circle? There's too many factions. Is he in the Inner Circle? Weird, huh? Nope. But then it turns out I spoke too soon because it's not Serpentico. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, the second that happened, I was like, I bet you that's Sammy under the mask. And lo and behold, it was <laughs> Sammy Guevara. The so, return of Sammy. Good news, Sammy's not problematic anymore, and everything's fine. So cool. Yeah, I, I guess that. Uh, I guess uh, listen, look, you know, a suspension and a lesson learned, and hopefully ongoing lessons for Sammy is one thing. But like, we can't just like cast a dude out of wrestling for saying some stupid shit on a podcast. All you have, like, he should be admonished for it, but like to totally cast him aside would have been too much. Well, I mean, I, I guess we'll just see what his further actions are, and yeah. if he's still acting a fool, then fuck him. You know, Absolutely. But... That's what, and that's how life works, right? Like, people do make mistakes, and will make mistakes, and people will, and especially you know, in times that have changed rapidly over the last couple of decades with regards to acceptable language uh, uh, in our you know polite society and discourse, um, these things are going to come to light and they're going to happen. And I think the handling of the Sammy thing to this point has been pretty good. Uh, I hope not to be proven wrong on that. Yeah, under, well, I guess we're going to see going forward because it looks like he is back. He's back on TV, and the inner circle stood triumphant, although Orange Cassie showed up again. So it, yeah, it, it was all worth it. Yes, it was. We always love to end the show on some orange. So, uh, And with that, we end episode 40 of AEW Dynamite. So, uh, Paul, pros and cons. Oh, so many pros. Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston again, and then Eddie Kingston one more time. Uh, Griff Garrison, my beautiful son, uh, definitely a pro. Um, and just the, the car crash, high chaos, high impact nature of this show where every match had it. It gave the show a through line. And this is something that, that we talked about Dynamite doing is that, you know, uh, the other guys, you know, the WWE style product is very much a variety show and varies greatly segment to segment. Uh, Dynamite uh, likes to keep their shows in line with a theme and kind of have through lines throughout their matches and storylines and promos. And I really like that. Cons, uh, the Britt Baker stuff still isn't super landing for me at this point. I liked it at first, but... Eh, mm, um, I don't really have a lot of cons. I love this show, man. This is just a really good one. I really can't think of very many cons. Um, oh, it, it, uh, I do have one more. Is okay. Question, because I, I don't know. Jim Ross uh, did say uh, Eddie was beating Cody like a government mule. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is that a is that a thing? Did you you say know, that? he he said he has said that for decades. Yeah, I mean, I don't, and, I don't and, have and, and there's connotations of that term because I'm not like that's a, that's like an oldie kind of term that I never really used in my life. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, and there is a, there is a band called Government Mule. Okay, so what's the deal? Like, is this like a like a like a farmer? Like, he's from Oklahoma, where like subsidized farming, like the government gives you a mule. Is that like the deal? Like, is this like how old is this? I don't well, know. Well, um, no, it, no, it, no. It was it was after the Civil War. The the it's idea a, recon, a reconstruction reconstruction things. thing. Yeah, forty acres and a mule. That's kind of I was kind of wondering, and like I don't know if that one's a little bit oof or not. Maybe we can clean that up. Yeah, I mean, I I, I personally wouldn't use it myself, but again, I. I, and, I yeah. Oh, and again, yeah. Jim can be commended where he can be commended. Like I think Jim, as far as like pronoun usage with Sonny and Nyla, especially, he's been very good on. And you know, Jim does good things here and there. But this kind of stuff, it just makes me like, ee, like I don't think it's necessary. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that really yeah. to just cycle out of the discourse. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it kind of is. And I think, you know, Jim, Jim's a guy that seems to be willing to learn. And if somebody at the team tells him, hey, maybe not, he wouldn't. So maybe we won't hear it anymore. We'll see. So, yeah, uh, honestly, again, the I, I don't really have very many cons. Eddie Kingston uh, opening the show really set the tone for the entire show. And oh. it, it was, again, you know, as many times as we've said that, that you know AEW is acts like WCW cosplay, but they 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 were doing ECW cosplay the whole show, and it worked. I'm not saying that this should be the direction of it, but you know, for one episode, it, it was it was fire. Absolutely, a lot of fun, and uh, I hope we get more like coherent shows with through lines that kind of all make sense and kind of keep it with their themes throughout the entire two hours. I think it's a lot more digestible than that kind of rocky road of the WWE yeah. style presentation. And and also keep in mind too. I mean, since this is you know, since we did have three special editions in a row, uh, this really kind of sets a new cycle uh, going into All Out. And they did kind of point that out a couple times as they started. This is the first time I remember them like mentioning specifically All Out so thus far, and they're starting to actually build All Out storylines specifically. Yeah, I think the the last time All Out was was mentioned was the the Britt Baker promo. You know, the first time she came out when she was in the the wheelchair, and you know, ah. and she did she specifically mentioned that yeah, I'll be back at All Out. You know, so. Well, we're looking forward to it, Karen. I mean, Britt. <laughs> Damn, but um, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah. This has been this was a fine show, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I think this was this was to be commended. Definitely, Paul. Go ahead and plug yourself. Uh, Twitter at ThickFlareTTV. Twitch. You can follow me at Twitch.tv/ThickFlare. That's all C's, no K's. The stream will not be very regular over the next couple of weeks because I am leaving Chicago for a, a, a period of time that's as yet undetermined. I'll still be able to do the podcast so you can hear me here on Wednesdays, but uh, streams will be few and far between. So just follow me on Twitter and uh, maybe I'll post about some stuff more. Who knows? Okay. Well, uh, good luck down there. Uh, I'll, I'll stay safe, you know, just, you know, and also good luck to everybody up here. Once the feds invade us. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not re- really not looking forward to that. Although, you know, Lori Lightfoot claims that it's not going to happen here. I mean, uh, she, well, she well, she said it wasn't going to happen. And then an hour later, she said, "Well, yeah, it is going to happen. We're going to work with them, so it's okay." Yeah, mm, yeah. Well, again, <laughs> we, we, when you elect a cop a mayor, that's it. There it is. You can find me. It's, at- it's very, it's very cool that Chicago doesn't have any type of systems uh, in place to remove or recall a mayor. Pretty normal stuff. With that in mind, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. Um, we did a Strong Style Story last week. Um, New Japan is still doing New Japan things. Um, I am going to do Busting Balls this week uh, since uh, a lot of the leagues are now done. So we, we, we have, uh, but we still have things to look forward to coming up uh, as we try, still try to wrap up the. Uh, 2019-2020 season, uh, even as one league is about to start in August, and we'll tell you uh, in the first weekend of August, and we'll tell you which league that is uh, coming up later this week on uh, episode 40 of Busting Balls. We got to have our sports ball. We just got to have our sports ball. That's right. We do. Um, so, Paul, uh, be safe on your travels, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully next week uh, we'll... Have another great show to discuss. You're damn right we will. We can uh, we can only pray, but I think we're on the right track. So uh, stick with us. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks for uh, listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.